This is More Than Conquerors with your Bible teacher, Pastor Ray Hegestilianos. As a teaching pastor for more than 35 years, Pastor Ray's heart and vision is simply to build up God's army, enabling them to stand strong in their faith. As the senior pastor at Living Word Christian Church in White Plains, New York, Pastor Ray will challenge you today to begin your walk in integrity and victory, forever changing your life as transformed by the power of God. More Than Conquerors is supported by the generous gifts of listeners like you. You can find us online by going to livingwordchurch.org. For those just joining our program for the very first time, this unusual two-week series, Warring Against the Pandemic of 2020, are Pastor Ray's selected Sunday messages preached during the springtime of that year, when the entire world trembled in fear of a deadly contagious organism called the coronavirus. Businesses, schools, and even churches were closed, and pastors preaching to empty buildings were forced to minister using social media. Live stream messages selected for this series are unique in that they ministered to isolated congregations in great need of encouragement. This two-part Palm Sunday message of Jesus entering Jerusalem in triumph brings to life the power of praise and worship and the role we play in sending it right into the very heavenly throne room of the Father Himself. Pastor reminds us that, above all, we are never to lose sight of the fact that Jesus is still Lord over all, even the coronavirus. So today is Palm Sunday. Once again, happy Palm Sunday to everybody. And I thought, like I always do, I'm not going to change too much. I wanted to, uh, I want you to open with me to the, the Gospel of Luke. And we're going to go to chapter 19. And I wanted to just talk to you a little bit about Palm Sunday and going to land on one particular verse. So let's go to Luke's Gospel, chapter 19, and we'll start at verse uh, 29. And it came to pass when he, that would be Jesus, drew near to Bethphage and Bethany at the mountain called Olivet, that he sent two of his disciples, saying, Go into the village opposite you, where you where you enter, you'll find a colt tied, which no one has ever sat. Loose it and bring it to me. And if anyone asks you, why are you loosing it? Thus you shall say to him, because the Lord has need of it. So those who were sent went their way, found it just as he had said to them. But as they were loosing the colt, the owner said to them, why are you loosing the colt? And they said, the Lord has need of him. Then they brought him to Jesus, and they threw their own clothes on the colt. And they set Jesus on him. And as he went, many spread their clothes on the road. Then as he was now drawing near the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works that they uh, had seen, saying, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And some of the Pharisees called to him from the crowd, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. But he answered and he said to them, I tell you, if these should keep silent, the stones would immediately cry out. Now, as he drew near, he saw a city, he saw this city, and he wept over it, saying, If you had known, even you, especially in this your day, the things that make for your peace, but now they are hidden from your eyes. Well, very, very powerful portion of scripture, and there's so much in here. I've got my little iPad here, so I'm going to just scroll down to highlight a couple of the points. And many of you, if you've been a part of Living Word, you've heard me do this teaching before and go over this stuff. But for the 
for just for review, for review and for the sake of those who have never heard me do this. And then I want to just land on one verse and kind of take off from there. Pretty interesting. Verse 29 says that he called two of his disciples and he sent his disciples for the simple, uh, the simple task of going to find a donkey. And, you know, I'm just so delighted, you know, when you think of this was just a simple thing. And um, these two disciples just acted immediately. They didn't argue. They didn't squawk. They didn't say, why are we having the ones to go get the donkey? He just said, just go. And they went. So it really it really speaks to me of the willingness, you know, of, of a true disciple to do whatever the Lord needs us to do. Um, it seems like a menial task, but yet it was such an important task because uh, prophecy is being fulfilled right now. And Jesus is embarking on the most important mission that any human being would ever be on. And, uh, and, and as most certainly as it pertains to uh, the kingdom and pertains to God, this was the most important mission that uh, he is about to, to, to fulfill. And he needed someone to do something very menial to get the task done. Oftentimes in the body of Christ, you hear people complain and squawk because, you know, they want to do the big stuff. Everybody wants to preach. Everybody wants to teach. Everybody wants to be recognized. Everybody wants to use their gift. But nobody wants to just plain old be a humble gospel worker. Now, I don't say nobody. You know, I'm just, I'm just kind of elaborating. I'm, I'm, I'm exaggerating a little bit. But you know what I'm saying. There are, many of you are very humble gospel workers. And you're the ones that make it go. So he fed, found two disciples who didn't squawk, didn't, didn't have a hard time. They were just willing to do whatever needed to be done to get the job done. And that's what's going to make the church go. That's what's going to make the church really flow. We need humble gospel workers that just are willing to do whatever is needed to be done in order to make something happen, to make ministry happen. So anyway, they go into the village, and I'm in verse 30. And um, as you enter, you'll find the cult which no one has ever sat. And we talked about that in times past. It was so important that this donkey was untouched by anybody, any human, uh, was never was never sat on. So it was an unbroken donkey. It had never had any weight on its back. And it says, loose it and bring it here to me. Now, I like that it wasn't used by any human. Um, the things, the people that are going to be used the most mightily by God are those who are unspoiled by the world or unused by the world. The whole, see, in other words, we are, we are holy for the Lord. We are set apart, just like this donkey was set apart. We are set apart for the purposes of God, just like this donkey was set apart for the purposes of God. And he says, anyway, he said, and if anyone asks you, why are you losing it? You should say to him, because the Lord has need of it. And I always like to reflect on the willingness. It's so amazing to me how willing the owners of this donkey were to release release it and let the Lord use it. And um, that just really speaks to my heart. And I'm kind of going fast because I want to I kind of land on this one verse. But that kind of reminds me and speaks to my heart over and over again about how everything we have has got to be uh, you know, available to God. And they made this donkey available to God. So uh, it's so important for us to realize that we can't hold things back from God. We have to say, Lord, everything I am, Everything I have, every earthly possession that I have is available to you if you need it. And I see in this little simple act here, uh, that happening. They were willing to let it go. All that all the disciples said <coughs> was that the Lord, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> the Lord has need of it. And they let it go. 
So obviously they had known about the Lord. Maybe they were secret disciples. I don't know. But um, they let the donkey go. And um, so it says, uh, so those who were sent went their way, found it just as it was. And as they were loosening the colt, the owner said to them, why are you loosening the colt? And they said, the Lord has need of him. So they brought him to Jesus. He, they let it go. And he said, they brought it to Jesus. And they threw their own clothes on that colt. And they set Jesus on him. Now, it was very customary in those days that when a king came through, uh, royalty came through, that they would put their clothes on the horse that they were riding. Now, let, let me back up for a minute because this is really important. It's interesting that Jesus is now being placed on a donkey, which is, a first of all, a beast of burden, and it's a humble animal. Uh, a warrior in that day, a warrior king, would be put on a stallion, a very powerful horse because it was the sign of power. But Jesus is being placed on a donkey, and it was prophesied hundreds of years before this ever happened, that he would come, our Savior, our King, would, become, would come riding on the back of a, of a donkey. So, it's so it amazes me, and, and what I get out of this, what I want to share with you, and we ought to reflect on today on this Palm Sunday, is, is simply this, that, that the donkey represents humility, simplicity, peace. Because a, a donkey is an animal of peace. It's not, a, it's not a, a, a stallion that represents something totally different. So I say this, that the donkey, for me, Jesus being placed upon the donkey, represents that the kingdom that we serve in, the God that we serve, is a God of peace and humility. That's why we need to be people of peace and humility, because that's who God is. That's what Jesus came to represent. He represents a kingdom that's based on the principles of peace and humility. So the donkey to me is extremely, extremely significant. So we need to re renew our hearts today on this Palm Sunday as we think of our Savior, who was the God and creator of all universe, who could have done anything he wanted to do while I was here, yet he humbled himself once again. First time when he was born in a manger, now he humbles himself again by being put on uh, on a donkey and begins to make his descent down the Mount of Olives. I think it's powerful. And I think that we, and this is why I believe as, as Christians, as believers, we need to constantly come back to the place of humility and peace in our lives. Um, everything we do in the kingdom of God has got to be based upon the principle of humility. I don't know how much more I can enforce that or not enforce it, but preach it and speak it. In other words, when we do something, we do it just because we love people, not because we're looking for anything, looking for a reward. We're just humble gospel workers willing to roll up our sleeves and do what is ever needed or necessary to do. That is the essence of the kingdom of God. And I believe it's represented very clearly here by Jesus being brought into Jerusalem to finalize the most unbelievable act of love that would ever take place, but yet he does it on the back of a donkey. I think that's awesome, and I think it's powerful. The other interesting thing about that donkey, which always gets me, um, remember it was a donkey upon no one ever sat, and they placed Jesus on that donkey. And notice it doesn't say that the donkey brayed and the do donkey kicked, and the because, look, I, I don't know anything about big animals, um, 
Uh, Bill, I don't know if you're watching. I, I know I saw Maria's name come up. You you used to ride horses and break horses, but to my understanding, when you get on the back of an animal of this size and they've never had a burden on them, never had a weight on them, they don't just easily accept that weight. They kick or they try to throw that weight off because they've never felt that weight. Yet when they placed Jesus on the back of the donkey, the donkey willingly submitted to the weight of Jesus. I'm going to tell you what, <laughs> that donkey has more sense than some Christians I know. I hate to say it, but the donkey recognized the Lord upon his back, the Lord in his life, and he willingly submitted to Jesus. There's so many people fighting against Jesus that we know, and, uh, and it's amazing to me how the donkey had enough sense to just submit. He willingly submitted. That just reminds me, folks, when we contemplate this Palm Sunday, let's look at these elements. I know you've heard me preach this before, and maybe some of you are saying, oh, here he goes again with the same old message. But you know what? You're exactly the person I need to talk to because these elements are alive with power. These elements that we see, these little hidden truths that we see in the Word of God are there for a reason and a purpose. The reason why some people don't find it is they don't dig for them. I'm digging. I want to know all about my Lord and my Savior and the kingdom that we serve in. So the colt was, was willing. The donkey was willing. <clears throat> he was willing to submit to Jesus, to the weight of Jesus. And you and I need to live in a very submitted life, not only to the Lord, but to each other as well. Uh, that's why submission needs to be practiced in the church uh, with spiritual authority. We all submitted to the authority in our life, whatever that be, and ultimately all to Jesus' authority. Paul said it this way, follow me as I follow Christ. So praise the Lord, and uh, preached on that enough. Let's go down to verse um, 37. Then now as he was drawing near the descent of the Mount, Mount of Olives, now listen, the whole multitude of disciples began to rejoice and to praise God with a loud, loud voice. Everybody say loud voice. Not with a whisper, not with just a little utter, you know, he, with a loud voice, they, 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 they were shouting, they were screaming. It, it sounds like a good old Pentecostal, charismatic church service. It sounds like a living word service uh, to me with a loud voice for all the mighty works that they had seen. And, and they start shouting these words, Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord, peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Really what you see here in verse 37 and 38, let me, let me just, can I just elaborate on this for a minute? What you see is a worship service taking place. A very powerful worship service by the crowds of people, all with a loud voice praising God, because for that moment, they recognized Jesus for who he was. They realized that God was among them. They realized that all the acts that Jesus had performed, all of the miracles that he had done, all the healings that he had done, they realized that this was God doing these. And they begin to shout, and they begin to rejoice, and they begin to proclaim Jesus as Lord. Blessed is the king who comes. But you see, the problem here, uh, because days later in that same crowd, the same group, and I'm just assuming I wasn't there, you weren't there either, but I would assume that some that were in the crowd shouting and praising were also in another crowd that was shouting, crucify him, crucify him. They had lost that vision 
they had lost that connection for that moment when they were all shouting together in that crowd, worshiping and honoring the Lord. You know, unfortunately, a lot of them were looking for a different kind of king. And I think they became very, very disappointed when they saw their king arrested and whipped and then ultimately nailed to a cross. They were looking for a king that was going to lead them in an earthly victory over the enemies that they were facing at that time. What they didn't realize is that Jesus didn't come to fight an earthly battle. Jesus came to fight a spiritual battle. And not only fight that spiritual battle, but win that spiritual battle. Jesus' purpose for coming was to deal with the devil and to put him to rest once and for all and to take back the authority that was lost in the Garden of Eden. That's what Jesus came to do. He came to restore man's relationship with God. He came to offer man a way to get to heaven through his sacrifice on that cross. The people had lost sight of what they saw, but nonetheless they were praising and they were worshiping and they were thanking God. Let, let me just say something because I want to make this I want to make this relevant to where we all are right now because I know a lot of people are hurting. I know that. I've gotten emails. I've seen the letters. I, I've heard. I've talked to you on the phone. A lot of people are hurting right now. But I'm going to tell you what. Do not lose sight of the Lord for one minute. Do not lose sight of the fact that Jesus is Lord over all. That means he's Lord over your circumstance. He's Lord over your situation. He's Lord over your finances. He's Lord over your business. Even if it's shut down right now, he is still the Lord over your business. Don't lose sight. When we lose sight of the Lord is when our worship and our praise starts to hinder and worry comes in and fear comes in and dread comes in and what am I going to do come in. Let me tell you what, you need to take that and turn that into praise once again. You need to take the dread, the worry, the fear and to turn it into worship and turn it into prayer. Do not lose sight of the Lordship of Jesus Christ. God has a plan still in store for you, my brothers and sisters. I don't know how, I don't know when, I don't know where it's going to happen, but I can assure you that God has not forgotten not a one of us. And all he desires is for us to praise him. All he desires is for us to maintain our level of faith and our commitment to be prayer warriors, to be worship warriors. Right now, we got to put our gear together. we got to get our armor of God together, and we've got to pray, and we've got to worship, and we've got to praise like we have never done it before. I'm going to tell you what. When the praises go up, the glory comes down. When you lift up the praises to God, I'm telling you, that dread, that fear, that worry, whatever it is that wants to bind you, even if you are dealing with sickness, it's going to dissipate. It is going to disappear because God's glory will come upon you. Let me tell you what, we've got to turn it around in the spirit first before this is ever going to get turned around in the natural. And it's, it's the church. I believe more than ever it's you and it's me and it's us, brothers and sisters, that are going to pray, we're going to worship, we're going to praise, we're going to bring God on the scene. And that's what's needed to turn the coronavirus around. We need God on the scene. There is no natural thing that's going to turn this around. Oh, I hope they find some cure. I hope they find some, uh, you know, uh, uh, something that they can do, whatever, some shot they can give, whatever it be. But ultimately, what's going to turn this around is God. And I'm going to tell you why. Because we are not just fighting a natural battle. Coronavirus is not just a natural thing. This is a spiritual thing. 
It's an evil thing, and it's from the pit of hell. And the only way to reverse the work of the devil is to turn to God. Turn to God like you have never turned to God before. Lift up your praise. Don't be like the people in this group of that day. One day they're praising God, and the next day they're saying, crucify him. One day they, they've got the revelation of who Jesus is, and they're seeing a glimmer, a glimpse of the glory and the divinity of the Lord, and the next day they've lost it. Don't be like that. Praise him. Worship him. I don't know what's going on. I don't know where you are, you know, spiritually speaking, because uh, I haven't talked to all of you. But I tell you what, you've got to join together with the rest of us who are standing in faith. Get behind me. Get with me. Stand together. Come on. Together we're going to get it done. You know what I like to say. A true family, a true family stands together. A true family fights together. And a true family wins together. So we're going to stand, we're going to fight, and we're going to win this battle together. Because I tell you what, God will never let us down. The word will never let us down. Faith will work when you work your faith. And if I can hear somebody out there shout an amen, I need one right now, and I need a sip of water. So praise God. So with the mighty voice, they're shouting. And I love this because I want to continue on this because really what I see, the, the strongest and the biggest element for me in all of this is the importance of praise and worship. And uh, you might get something else out of Palm Sunday, but I love to land on this. And I love, let's just review verse 39. He says, And some of the Pharisees called to him from the crowd and said, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. They're praising. They're shouting. They've got, they've got a glimmer uh, of, of, of the divinity of Jesus being God and, 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 and being a representative of the Lord. And they're getting upset. Of course, of course, religious people always get upset when God is doing something. I hate to say it. He says, and some of the Pharisees called to him from the crowd, teacher, rebuke your disciples. But he answered them and he turned around to them and he said, I tell you that if these should keep silent, that the stones would immediately, <coughs> you got to excuse me, the stones will immediately cry out. I don't have coronavirus. I've got allergies. And I rebuke those in the name of Jesus. He says, if these, if these shut up, if these stop praising me, the rocks are going to cry out with praise. Why? I'm going to tell you why. Because when humans recognize the presence of God or recognize God or God's work, the normal reaction is to praise God. The normal reaction is to release praises to God. We've been created to praise him. We've been created to worship him. So, the natural reaction is when we come into the presence of God, that praise and worship would come forth from our lives. It's an honor to give God praise and worship. So God, being our Heavenly Father, adores our praise. When we take time to praise Him, when we take a moment, a praise break, to just lift up our gratitude to God, sometimes we get so focused on what we need and what we want and what we desire that we forget to just lift up uh, you know, a shout of praise, just to lift up, you know, a song of thanksgiving, <clears throat> to, to thank him for what he's done and who he is in our lives and how he's turned our lives around. So God desires worship and praise. Tune in tomorrow afternoon at 2 for More Than Conquerors with Pastor Ray. If today's message was a blessing to you, ask for your free CD of the broadcast for a gift of any amount to help support this radio ministry. 
Just mail your request with your check to More Than Conquerors or MTC, P.O. Box 8187, White Plains, New York, 10602. Be sure to include the date of the message you're requesting. If ordering a complete Bible study series, a minimum love offering of $20 is appreciated. Identify the series and include the word series in your order. If you simply want to sow a gift into the work of the MTC Radio Ministry, go to livingwordchurch.org and click on the Give Online Radio Ministry tab. Or send your check to MTC, P.O. Box 8187, White Plains, New York, 10602. Pastor Ray invites you to visit Living Word Church in person or via their weekly live stream broadcast Sunday mornings at 11 a.m. But before we go, here's a final word from Pastor Ray. This is Pastor Ray Hegistilianos. It's always a privilege to share the life-saving, life-changing Word of God with you, our listeners. And today, as always, I trust that these messages are impacting your life in a very positive way. Remember that as life's challenges come, we are more than conquerors. This has been More Than Conquerors with Pastor Ray Hegistilianos and is provided by Living Word Christian Church, White Plains, New York.